Dear Franny podcast is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the world's largest provider of audio entertainment. I myself have over 100 books that I have downloaded from Audible on my phone right now. And if not for Audible, I would not be able to keep up with all of the books and all of the podcasts that I want to hear because life is really, really busy. But with Audible, you can take all of your titles with you on the go. They sync across devices and I love when you can listen to the author read their own book. So Arlen Hamilton, who was a guest on this podcast a few months ago, she wrote a book called It's About Damn Time. And I I loved listening to the audio version of that book and listening to Arlen's voice tell me her story. So I'm a big, big fan and a longtime subscriber of Audible. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible by visiting audibletrial.com slash dearfranny. Audible trial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash dear franny when you use your trial you can cancel at any time no strings attached and the title that you get and you get two titles if you are an amazon prime member whatever titles you get you get to keep them you download them and you get to keep them forever even if you wind up canceling your membership but i don't think you will because it's that good so visit audibletrial.com slash dear franny Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Hi, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really, really appreciate you because your time is precious and I don't take it for granted that you're spending a little bit of it with me today. So thank you so much. And today's episode is such a good one and I'm so excited about my guest today. Her name is AC Brown, and she is a new friend of mine, but I already just love her so much, and I know that you will too. AC is a psychic channel, a spiritual leader, entrepreneur, and your favorite human design bay. The work she does in the world is about transformation. She offers people a deeper look into themselves, helping them to reframe who they are and clarify where and why they belong. She does this through spiritual self-development, human design, astrology, and metaphysics. She's also the host of the Is My Aura On Straight podcast, which is such a great podcast, and I've already like binge listened to so many episodes of it. And for those of you who aren't familiar with human design, human design is a system. It is a tool that is based on your date, time and place of birth. I have an episode from like a year ago, like November of 2019 um, about human design, an interview that I did with a human design reader named Erin Claire Jones. And I promise you, I'm actually going to record my next episode is going to be about human design, where I'm going to explain a little bit more and break it down because it does take some explanation. But I want to mention that, first of all, so you know what human design is, but also it comes up a little bit in the interview, just in that AC and I have the same aura type in human design. Everyone is one of five different aura types and AC and I are both what's called a projector. So that just comes up a little bit just so you know what we're talking about. And like I said, stay tuned because the next episode after this one is going to be about human design. Okay, enough of that. (laughs) And without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with my friend, AC Brown. AC Brown, welcome to Dear Franny. Thank you for having me, Franny. I love you. I love you. I'm just so thrilled that we found each other or I slash I found you. And <laughs> and it's only been, I guess it's only been a few weeks now. Uh, yeah, but it feels like a lifetime. Feels like so 
long and it feels really, really special. So I'm just so happy to know you and thank you so much for being here. I'm excited for my audience to also get to know you. So we know what you do and I want to talk all about that, but tell me a little bit about you. How did you come to this path? Like what is, you, you know, you do so many things, you wear so many hats, you're this amazing entrepreneur and obviously this intuitive guide and human design bay. And how did that happen? What is the history of AC Brown? <laughs> oh, where do I start though? I see, and this is the, I'm, well, let's, we might as well call this like struggle bus emotions title for the episode because <laughs> a mentor of mine, we talk about this all the time as I'm stepping more into me as a psychic channel, as a spiritual guide, teacher, leader, guru, whatever, all of that stuff how I need to tell my story. And she's always like, you need to tell your story. People, I'm just like, where should I start? Like, what do I say? Yeah, Because it's so many layers sometimes that you just not necessarily want to forget about it, but you heal from it. You go to therapy about it. (laughs) You do all of these things. And it's just like, oh my gosh, why can't I just send everybody a PDF? Like, (laughs) hey, this is what happened. Right, like literally, like just put it my link in my bio, like PDF on AC's story. So it's like, there you go. And then we don't have to talk about it anymore. You know what this means, AC? It means that you are destined to write a book about your life. Okay, one day. (laughs) So one day, I know, listen, you're young. You got lots of, not that you, I mean, listen, you can certainly write a book today if you wanted to, but. I just, that sounds like that's something that needs to happen. So how about, do you want me to ask you a series of questions? That would be better. Because that was very open-ended. I apologize. That was a terrible interview question. So just tell me everything. Right. Just tell me everything. <laughs> like, where should I start? <laughs> I know. I, when people ask me questions like that, I'm like, wow, that's, there is so much. Okay. So you're from New York. You're from Queens. Yes. I'm from Queens. Queens in the house. Just found that out. Very excited. I'm from the Bronx, the Bronx of Manhattan. So. Okay. We are both um, New York City girls. So now you live in the DMV area. So growing up in New York, how did you like growing up in New York City? I loved it. I mean, I tell people all the time who don't get it because there's a you grew up in, you know, New York City or you didn't. We just there's something about growing up in New York City in one of the five boroughs except Staten Island. I'm not. I don't know anything. I know well. One of my best friends is from Staten Island, and it's so funny we crack up about it. Like, except Staten Island, no. But if you grow up in a borough and you're growing up in the city, you have this underlying kind of self assurance about who you are based off of where you're from. And so, you know, like you said, I grew up in the Bronx. I grew up in Manhattan. Like, I grew up in Queens. Like, that means something. It does mean something. It's so true. Yeah. Where you come from in that, and so. Growing up for me, it was very prideful, especially in the St. Albans neighborhood that I grew up in, in Queens, where the era that I grew up in, in the 90s, 80s, you know, was from a generation of people who came to that town and we had very prominent like african-american like a community there there were doctors lawyers superintendents principals you know you had you know mechanics but everybody you know had owned a home we had a block association there was just so many things 
that just made me who I am that I cherish so much Mm. that Mm. I remember doing a podcast episode and somewhere else and they were saying like oh you always refer to how you were raised and you're so attached to it and I'm just like no you don't understand that's a big deal you know for growing up in an African-American neighborhood where everyone is middle to upper middle class and there's a community there I remember growing up and my mom taking me around the corner to one of my grandmother's and grandfather's friends who was a doctor and you know everybody would go to him when you were sick (laughs) you know what I mean he had a you know a practice in his home so these are things that were just really important and that kind of formed who I was so being from New York is everybody has one of those stories so it's it's home on a different level because you know that whole if you can make it here you can make it anywhere and it's very true we are built very different yeah as new yorkers so i hope that answers your question no it totally does no i I mean i had a very different it sounds like you know you lived in a a lovely neighborhood that had a lot of resources i did not i grew up in the south bronx so i had a very different experience in terms of what the neighborhood was like but that sense of real like it does matter like it absolutely influences who you are where you grow up and what you're exposed to and yeah new yorkers we definitely have a i mean i mean there are lots of other places where people have this too though i know some people are kind of like yeah i'm just from wherever but they don't have an attachment to it right but even with but there are certain places yeah where you yeah even with you know different socioeconomic kind of backgrounds your identity is still it's rooted in who you've become yeah. because you're from the South Bronx. Yep, absolutely. Even with, you know, everybody has their, you know, ups and downs, even growing up in, you know, the suburbs, there still were all of the things that I can relate to with you being in the South Bronx. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's interchangeable in my eyes. Yeah. And some people's is not. No, and I can relate to your experience too. Also, like it's, I, I get it. I totally get that. Because that's the thing about New York. You just have exposure to everyone. So you can kind of relate to everyone because you've seen it all, you know? That's kind of how I feel. Yes. So when you were growing up in Queens, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? (laughs) Well, several careers, but one of the first ones that I wanted to be was probably on stage somewhere. I did not know what doing what. I never forget in elementary school they did a play they did the whiz and I remember somebody like one of the upperclassmen she was maybe like in third grade or fourth grade but I remember her playing Dorothy's role that Diana Ross played and I remember sitting in the audience and just like I want to be up on stage Hmm. and that's all I remember I never had a like connection to like what I was going to do on stage or how I was going to get on stage you know for a while I thought I was acting I spent two and a half years in acting school love acting I was a girl scout for a very long time in my life so (laughs) I was a girl scout too but only briefly (laughs) yes and one of the moms she was a Spanish woman and she was psychic and she would always tell my mom, like, she's going to make millions of dollars with her voice. She would say she would just like prophesize over my voice like all the wow. time. And my mom was like, well, she wants to sing because I wanted to be a songwriter. And she was like, no, no, she, she can't sing. Like, duh, <laughs> I can't sing. And it was just something that I just knew I wanted to be on stage and I wanted to be seen. 
And Mm. maybe that had a lot to do with not being seen. So it was rooted in that, but there was no particular one thing because I was always willing to risk something or take a risk to figure out what I wanted to do. It was never like set in stone. Yeah, yeah. Did you have siblings growing up? No, I'm an only child. You're an only child. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Because I, first of all, I'm obsessed with these moments, this inner knowing that we have as children about certain things. I just, I'm obsessed with that. Like, I'm just obsessed with how that truth can just come through. And even though you're like, I don't know why I think this, I don't know where this is coming from. It's just this inner knowing. And I, I'm just, right. I love hearing about those moments. I love that story. You knew you wanted to be on stage. You didn't know. You went the acting route. You wanted to be a songwriter. And then what happened? Then I went to college. And well, funny thing, I wanted to move to LA out of high school. And because I was like, oh, I'm going to just go out and do stuff in LA and be an actor and maybe do producing or whatever. And my parents were like, no, you need to go to business school. You need to go get a real degree. You need to get something solid. Business is good. So I winded up just staying home, if you want to say. I went to school in New Jersey. And so I was just like, okay, I will just do business. And I never forget. I was like, okay, when I got to school, I was like, you know what? I want to be a publicist. I'd be good at it. I started like a little public relations kind of thing with me and a friend. It didn't do anything. We did PR for like two parties at a club. It was a mess. (laughs) But (laughs) I remember saying, okay, I'm going to take this super seriously. I'm going to go and get an internship. And at the time, one of the biggest black publicists was hiring for interns. And I was like, I'm going to apply and I applied and I got the interview. It was like group interview. I never forget it. They were telling me it's going to be a group interview. And I'm like, awesome. And my interview was on 9-11. And I literally, I remember getting up early, getting dressed. And then I was staying on my cousin's like floor, actually, because long story short, the year before I had to, due to financial reasons, I couldn't stay on campus. So I was still at school. So I was sleeping on her floor, getting ironing my pants, ironing my shirt, getting ready to go to this dream interview. Where was it? it so I'll, like physically in the city. Where was it at? Well, I don't remember what street her offices were on. Did you make it there? So my cousin comes in the room. She was like, oh, my God. The Twin Towers just got hit. I was like, stop playing. Like, because growing up in New York, you know, I've been alive where something happened at the Twin Towers before. Yeah, we had the bombing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are very, that's the very interesting thing too about growing up in New York. You become very immune to certain tragedies that you don't really, doesn't click until after. because it's happened before and it's New York. It's an epicenter, all of this stuff. So she's like, no, for real. I was like, girl, stop. And so I'm getting dressed and she's like, no, my dad just called me and her dad worked in the one of the towers, but he was late because he was going to jury duty. He had to go to jury duty. Oh God, wow. And so he missed it by going to jury duty. And then- I was just like, OMG, are you for real? And she was like, yes. And then we turned on the TV. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I called the office for the publicist and I said, I have an interview today, but 
I know it's canceled, etc. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be canceled. And she's like, we'll give you guys a call later on. And then, of course, they never called back because. Yeah, I know. The whole everything was. I, yeah, the whole world changed from there. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And after that, it literally like my whole that year from September all the way into the next year was the probably one of the worst years of my life. Wow. With all of the things that had happened, like that trickled. And so that's where, and then I was just like, okay, I won't be a publicist. And then that spun off to me leaving school shortly thereafter, after that year, and then the next phase of my life. Yeah. So when did you realize that you were an intuitive? When did you realize that you had psychic gifts? That was always something that was known since I was a kid. So since I was around three, four, Probably the earliest that I can remember was he was like kindergarten, maybe even before that, that I can remember. So my grandmother always knew there was inclinations because I had a lot of imaginary friends, but some of my imaginary friends would be like dead people. So, you know, like, you know, family members and things like that. And my grandmother knew. And I remember my grandmother, she used to play the numbers, you know. And we used to always go to these like underground like spots where she would play like illegal numbers (laughs) and I would pick numbers for her and she would win all the time. And I at the time, my gift was mostly, you know, clairvoyance through dreaming. And Mm -hmm. so I would always have these very vivid dreams. And I never forget. It was almost like I don't want to say a daily, but anytime I had a really major dream. She would be sitting at the table, at the kitchen table. She would have her notebook and she would start writing down symbols and different things. And she would ask me questions. Oh, wow. So that was an ongoing thing with us. Me, Me and my grandmother were very close. So that was an ongoing thing. So that my gifts were developed before I knew I was developing them, if you want to say that. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Oh, my gosh. I could just talk to you about that for a really long time, but okay, let me let me stay on track. Okay, so 9-11 happened, and I, by the way, just really quick, I, you know, I also was in New York on 9-11, and it was my second day of work for, I used to be a lawyer in my previous life, and this was my second day of work at my law firm, like my big corporate law job. Wow. Fresh out of law school, and I was home, and I had the Today Show on, like, while I was getting dressed, and I saw that a plane had hit the first tower, and I was just like... Oh, that's too bad. And I just left and got on the subway and went downtown. <laughs> right. Because we were just like, okay, girl, like exactly. Because And I got downtown and it's just like, I get off at 42nd Street. I mean, I didn't have to go all the way downtown. I just was going to Midtown. I got off at 42nd Street and like all hell had broken loose at that point. And I was like, what's going on? It, I didn't even remember. I was like, it, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I wonder if it has something to do with that plane that hit the World Trade Center. Because at that time, when it first hit, they thought it was like a small, like they thought it was like a small plane, you know, like a little, right, like a little private plane. So I was like, oh, I'm sure somebody like, I mean, I was like, that's terrible. But, you know, I, I can just relate to that. It just taking a little time for that to sink in because it was just the enormity of what happened. And then what happened? Like what started to turn the tide? Nothing really. It, the tide didn't turn for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give you a very short timeline so summer before 9-11 me and my college sweetheart broke up 9-11 happens my grandmother got sick around november 
She died by February. My dad had a tragedy happen. So I had, well, that tragedy spun off that prior year in that summer. So in the summertime, the tragedy happened, broke up with my boyfriends, 9-11, grandmother got sick, grandmother died, left school, and then started like working yeah wow oh god my heart my heart goes out to you because that sounds that's rough that's a lot what kind of work were you doing at that point you had these gifts but were you still kind of just taking it for granted as just a gift that you had but it didn't mean anything or like what like what was your relationship at that point with your with your gifts they were always there of course it was just more of I wasn't necessarily using them in a professional way. It was just more like, I call it unsolicited reading people, you know, just, you know, really unethical, really wrong, just in my, you know, mid twenties, just like, you know, like, oh, I know about you and shocking people and this like kind of unethical awe, if you want to say. Yeah. And I was just working as a manager in retail in several different retail and then go getting into sales corporately. And then finally, I got a job where they paid for school. So I was able to go back to school and finish and then get my master's. And I think that's probably where the tides kind of turned for me, I would even say psychically and also in a life coaching kind of way or guidance kind of way for other people or consulting and things like that because people I mean since I was in high school people always come to me I just was one of those people always coming to me with their problems with ideas helping them flush out stuff and I would give them things and it would work they would make money things would change all of this stuff that had always been it and then when I started working in this corporate position in particular doing sales and I got a chance to go back to school because they paid for it and got to do a lot of schooling at that. I would, everybody used to always laugh. I'm like, you always taking classes. I'm like, because it's free. Why wouldn't I? Yes, seriously. Why wouldn't you? That's amazing. You did that right. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was literally, I remember like getting off of work, like, all right, I got to go because I was working in Jersey. I was like, I got to go. I got to get on a train because I got to be at NYU. I was taking classes everywhere. Anyway, they paid for, I was taking classes in addition to finishing my undergrad and then going on to grad school. I remember just talking to people and, you know, we'd be at our cubicles and people would just be talking. I'm like, well, maybe this and this. And they're like, girl, are you psychic? How, how did you know that? And, you know, I would just like keep it to myself. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and <laughs> so I remember one girl was like, hey, I'm sure you are psychic. I, I need a favor kind of thing. And so I gave her reading you know, and I had done that already. This is not something very new, but it was the first time where I was somebody like came to me and asked me for one. You know, she was just like, thank you. And, you know, she came back. She was like, everything happened. She's like, thank you. So I was like, awesome. Thank you. And I think that was really when I started figuring like, like oh, I could re- like help people instead of being like a mean, like know it all. Mm. <laughs> <kind of thing. laughs> 
Yes, yes. Wow. Okay. So you started realizing, okay, <laughs> there's something here. So how long was it then before this became your business? Well, that was a long road because I was so afraid to call myself psychic. I hid under that intuitive umbrella for years, honey. I'm like, oh, I'm an intuitive strategist. I'm an intuitive life coach. And Wait, so what's the difference in your mind between being an intuitive and being a psychic? The only difference in my mind is that one gets shunned and the other one gets kind of handheld and praised. Hmm. That's the only difference. We could do a whole podcast on other things. I don't want to go there. Your audience is going to be like, what is this? That was a big thing. Like, oh, I'm intuitive. Like, I'm an intuitive. And it's just like, no, you're psychic. Let it go. Like, you know, that, but that took me a long time. So I was just like, okay, how can I mask this? in a way, if you want to say. So then I went and got my life coaching certification. And so I was like, oh, I can just mask it behind life coaching. There you go. Mm. And that made it like better. It wasn't until like maybe two, three years ago that I actually said psychic. I was hiding behind intuitive for a very long time. Wow. Wow. Do you have a one in your profile? No, I'm a three five. Oh, you're a three five. Oh, that makes sense too, actually. It, it does. Okay. <laughs> it does. It does. Sorry, everyone. That was a human design reference right. for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. We're not going to get into it. So listen to AC's podcast. <laughs> it's my aura on straight for more information <laughs> on what that means. So, okay. So now, so here you are finally doing what you were clearly meant to do. You're so good at it and, and you're successful at it. And um, so now, like, what is the, what's the dream? Like if you could just, if I had a magic wand and I could just give you any career impact platform you wanted, what would that look like? Oh my gosh. You have your stage right now. You're on your stage, but that stage has got to get bigger. Franny. <laughs> I, my goal is to be the psychic channel, spiritual guru for a new generation, for new thought leaders for the new paradigm what abraham hicks is to people i want to be essentially the black version of that what a little bit of Ianla van zant did for our mothers and our aunts i want to be that for people in our age bracket and to follow that's 1000 percent honest wow i'm so glad you just claimed that i love it i see it and i am so excited for you because that's definitely going to happen. Aww. And um, <laughs> and not only are you going to write a book about your life, personally, I can also see you writing many other books as well. I just... Yeah, I'm, I'm working on one. So yeah, Good. yeah it's, it's, it's going to be a guided journal, but it's going to be a hard hitting. I, I know what I'm called to do. I'm here to... I believe that everyone's soul has come here to do a job and I'm here to help people complete their mission. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes, AC. Yes. <laughs> that is incredible. That's incredible. So 
let's talk about love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's listen. Let's talk about love. I was, listen, <laughs> let's segue into that because then I have questions for you. This might be me interviewing you because I'm like, listen, with all of that that I want to do and all of that you, that you see, yeah. how does the love fit in? Because there, yes. there's my now. Now we can have a conversation. Now yes, people now break out the tissues. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so number one, I, I, I take it. I mean, I know you know for most people, for most psychics you're not really psychic for yourself. Is that true? Or do you feel? I'm going to say that's a lie. This is what I will say is that in my experience from other friends who are psychic or, you know, Claire, whatever their gifts are, we've, you know, we've had conversations. Sometimes you don't need to know everything and I don't seek to know everything. The funny thing is that anytime I usually have a reading from someone who I respect, trust with my energy to see into me, I never asked about love. Never. Really? Shockingly. Probably up until recently. I never asked about love because I was very like, what's my career going to be like? What's this money situation going to be like? That's what I was concerned with because I have felt that love was something that I know was one of my ultimate lessons to learn with my journey and where I'm at now. And I took your quiz. I'm a sailor. So I guess that's good, right? <laughs> yeah. Does that resonate with you? I was shocked. I was like, I thought <laughs> I thought it was going to be way lower <laughs> to be honest with you. I was like, oh, look at me. I'll score a nine. <laughs> it also depends on the optimism with which you answer the questions. I'm in an optimistic place yeah. right now. It's amazing. Amazing. So, which is great. <laughs> and so it's not that I can't see. I ignore stuff. I think all people who are psychic or who have any spiritual gift, you ignore it because you're like, well, maybe not. But it's just like, no, girl, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds to me, and I'm going to put myself firmly under the intuitive umbrella and I'm comfortable there because I don't consider myself to be psychic, though I've had moments of, you know, what I'm hearing is that you are extremely clairvoyant and clairsentient. Yes. Okay. So. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I definitely, yes, I, I do. Yes. But I'm comfortable with that in the intuitive umbrella. That, okay. that feels right we'll, to we'll me. We'll let you stay there. So I'm just going to say, and under, in my umbrella here. <laughs> okay. You have a choice to make and your choice is, I want love and I'm going to manifest this. Or I'm going to kind of keep letting it be on the back burner and not really focus on it. Oh, who do you think you're talking to, Franny? And, <laughs> <laughs> and I will just tell you that if you make that choice to say, this is something that I want and you own that and you claim it, then you absolutely will manifest it. But it is unlikely that it will happen unless you make that shift. <sighs> I'm so rolling my eyes right now because I was so, so here's my thing. And we can start, this is where we can start this love conversation because I have been made aware from my guides, from other people who have tapped in, see, saw into me just like you, like, Oh, I can totally see that. And all of this stuff, because I know the bigness of my destiny and my calling and my purpose, my issue with love is that I am and I'm willing to say this and this is going to be weird, but I'm going to say it. I am afraid for someone to see all of that because I don't know 
if they're going to like it or not. Mm, yeah. Well, that's fear. And fundamentally, that's the same fear that we all have. Right. Right? If if anyone sees who I really am, will they love me? And that is why, you know, that fear is very natural. And, you know, the challenge with being vulnerable is a very universal challenge for that reason. And the answer is, is everyone going to love you? No. When they see who you are? No. But I don't care about that. That's I mean, the- and that's just the case for everyone. <laughs> so... So just know, like, it's okay to feel that fear, but when it comes to fear and my relationship with it, and certainly what I, you know, teach my clients is like, fear is just part of being human. So it's totally fine to be afraid. And it's really helpful to understand what it is you're afraid of, because then it's not surprising. Right. Because then you're like, all right, well, I know that this is something that is scary for me right now. So now I can make a plan to address that. rather than just be reactive when the fear is activated, you know, because then you don't move forward. I would just, I think that for you, you know, one thing that I would just urge you to start doing right now is just to challenge yourself to consider possibility that you can have, you can have it all. And when I say have it all, I mean the things that your heart is most calling for you to have, which is impact, abundance, and love. I can have it all. I do believe that. However, I have to get 1000% comfortable and stand firm in who I am. And I'm about 95% there. Okay. So that's, that's the honest truth. Yeah. But I really feel that as soon as you're ready, like you're really ready. And you just like, yeah, I'm really ready. You flip that switch and you're like, okay, I'm ready. This is, I'm ready to, I'm ready to call in this partner. I'm ready to claim this desire for partnership. It'll happen really quickly. I, that's the funny thing is I feel that too. And I was just like, oh, I'll just hire Franny when I'm ready to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just work with you. I was like looking at your packages. I was like, oh, it looks good. When I'm ready for that, that's when I'll press that button and apply. Whoop. <laughs> like, like, that's literally what I was doing last night. Like, I'll just do that. Aww. I don't have to worry about it right now. Like, I don't have to worry about it right now. So, yeah, I mean, I do find it interesting, though, this last 5%. What do you think that's about? It is about the, mm, it's the seeing me. Like, okay, so we're going to have to go into a little bit of human design. As a projector, you know, the being seen is crucial, right? Absolutely. The invitations are crucial. Mm-hmm. So when you start getting them in other places, right, you know, career, fam, whatever it is. And then when this is thing called love and where I'm at right now, the optimism is there. And because I'm so used to not being completely seen on so many levels, you know, being the only child in a family where everyone has a brother or sister except for me, being the browner one in my family. Everyone is very fair-skinned. 
so that's another layer there of not being seen per se and just these things of not being seen and then also fighting against this like oh I'm I'm doing my best I'm trying like what's going on and, you know of course and then you find out your projector and it's like oh this is why it's not working um, yep. you know <laughs> this is why this is why oh it's God, not working the best thing ever for me right it was a projector I was like so, I understand my whole life like now. oh this is why <laughs> It's not working. And so you spend your life trying to be seen. Then when you come to this awareness that, oh, okay, it's about the invitation or people seeing me, etc. When it comes to love and having the ultimate love, that soulmate, life partner, the thing that you dream about that, especially at this point now where, where I know who I am and I know what I want, it's almost like, wow, that's the ultimate invitation and the ultimate being seen. Mm. And that means that you will see all of me. And that part is kind of very vulnerable. It's very naked. And can not can someone handle that, but can I handle someone handling that? Yeah. Yep. So it sounds to me like it's not that you, it's part of yourself. You already know. You already know yourself. You already know who you are. I think, do you struggle with perfectionism at all? Define that. What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean by that? Like, do you feel that there is this optimal state that you have to be in in order to move forward? Look at you all being intuitive. Look at you you all being intuitive. Absolutely. So I would just, you know, Listen, my favorite quote about perfection is a Tony Robbins quote. And he said, perfection is the lowest standard a person can hold for themselves Mm. because it's the only one that's impossible to achieve. Okay. Well, that's cute. (laughs) That's cute. Tony Robbins. That's cute. Um, But it's not perfectionism. It's, I say goals. So, uh, no, and that's great. No, I guess I say this to say, I don't mean to give you a hard time, AC. I guess no, I'm just saying to say, like, this, give me a hard time. This is, this is something that, um, I don't know if it's even that I'm so intuitive. It's just that it's just so common, you know, um, I think especially for women, especially for black women, I think we just have this idea that I got to have it all figured out. And then when I have it all figured out, then I can go do X. Once I've like got all the answers, then I can, you know, like you see this a lot with jobs, like in in HR and like careers, women on the whole, like if a job has like 20 requirements that, you know, that's in the job listing, women will not apply unless they have all 20. Whereas men will be like, oh, I've got four. I can figure out the rest and they'll apply for the job. Four? They'll be like, I have one. Like, I know I know how to open up Excel. I should be the president of the company. Exactly. Like, all right, I don't have any of these, but I can do this. And they apply for the job, right? I can be the president here. Jeez. So, and this is like, you know, a, like a well-documented phenomenon, you know? So there's just a little bit of that. It, you're right. It isn't exactly perfectionism. It's more of just, it's not that you think that you can be perfect, but you just think that there's a, a threshold of information and confidence that I have in this area and then I can move forward. Yes. And also too, I have in the past, but I've through therapy and healing and other things, I know that I'm not going to be available anymore to be a conduit for other people's healing. Mm -hmm. in a relationship that's number one Mm -hmm. number two 
in the past because of boundaries and other things and like you know who I am what I do where I'm going I had positioned myself in the past to be in relationships with people who essentially instead of me being someone's girlfriend I was you know his life coach Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that And so the boundaries there that I have set for myself are very tight around that. Not to the point where it's not flexible, but I'm also like, oh, I don't want to fall back into these patterns or I, you know, don't want to not even fall back into patterns. But I'm, you know, is there someone out there who won't need me to, you know, motivate them? I want to be or how can I put this? I've realized this in therapy that I want to be in addition to what he is doing and not the catalyst yeah i agree with that for sure yeah i see you with somebody who really has this shit together yeah and so okay okay so there you go intuitive so with that yeah you know he has this shit together and he himself is probably not he's not on a spiritual journey like you are but he has been on a personal development journey okay so like he has self-awareness Right. He has Check. emotional intelligence. Check. You, know, you can create that emotional safety and that emotional intimacy with him because he has the ability to to um you know really risk pain and to be vulnerable. Check, check, check. So that's your guy. It's not somebody who's but I also don't see him as being somebody who's like like he's not a psychic. You know what I'm saying? Oh no. <laughs> like that's I- not his world. She, look at you being all intuitive because yeah. I, <laughs> I want someone who's spiritual but I don't you do not need to be on my path we do not yeah. need to be out there yeah. reading other people no yeah it's totally separate Absolutely. Yeah. look at you all all intuitive <laughs> okay <laughs> now all right Freddie yeah he's gonna be like he's gonna obviously you know his love and his respect for you and and your gifts is gonna be unconditional but this is not his jam <laughs> Yeah, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably absolutely. Look at that. Well, so I imagine, though, that, you know, when people come to you, I mean, love must be if not the number one thing. Is it the number one thing that people come to you about or is it where does it rank and what people are seeking the guidance people are seeking? It's the second thing for me. Okay, what's number one money business career? Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to even lie or not to like even pat myself. I'm really good at, um, when it comes to me and my guides, business, marketing, innovation, seeing things, putting things together. I've lit, before I was charged, I made a lot of people a lot of money. That's all I can say before I started charging for this years ago. I used to make people so much money. It was ridiculous um, just with ideas and just predictions and things like that. And I'd just be like, oh, you like, oh, it worked. Da da da, I mean, I'm like, oh. And I didn't get anything for it. That's what actually started making me charge, to be honest with you. So money, career, business is probably the number one. And then second is love. But surprisingly, love more. It depends what type of love. It's not always is this person for me kind of thing. Sometimes it's how do we make this work? Mm -hmm. I would also imagine that you get a lot of am I, am I ever going to have love? Like, am I, is love my destiny? Or is, um, I usually don't answer those questions. Shockingly. Yeah. 
do you get answers, but you just don't share them? Are you just... So one time I had someone... So this is the thing. I'm very particular about the information that I receive. And there's two sides of the coin on ethics. You know, I have psychic friends who have religious backgrounds who are very, you know, or if, if you want to say in the religious community who are prophets and who I'm friends with, and they're just like, you don't have to give everything. Then I have other friends who are ex-religious people who are in the community and who are like, no, you are the vessel. That's none of your business. You give the information. So it's always a coin toss. It really depends on the person and the energy and what me, my guides, what I'm channeling can, I let them kind of decipher. Cause I've had instances where I've had people come to me and who are very aggressively upset at their life and what's going on. Where's their boyfriend? Where's their husband? Where are these things? And the information that I give them is never going to be enough. Never. Yeah. So it's like, well, I can't tell you what I'm really hearing or picking up because it's still not going to be enough for you mm -hmm. because you want a date. You want a time, you want specifics. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the wrong approach. I always tell my clients who come to me strictly for psychic channels, information for spiritual guidance sometimes and I had to learn this you know from elders and from you know mentors of mind and even you know in the religious community prophets who I've studied under and things like that who time frames for me I'm just not one of those people yeah yeah there are others that I know they are on it time mm -hmm. is really strong with them time for me is has never been a strong suit but I'm usually around a year. I like to say that I'm usually around a year. That's usually my kind of time frame. Yeah. So when it comes to love, I would say it's a coin toss about what the person already knows, what they're coming with information, because sometimes people are just coming for confirmation. Others are wanting answers, real definite, concrete. And sometimes right, they're like demanding an answer, demanding a, a certainty. Just, right. But, but I also think for those people, when they're when you're in that place of demanding that answer, you're there is no answer exactly where you are right now there is no date because of where you are right now because of your mindset like you're never actually going to get like this mindset does not support that so there's way more potential for you <laughs> but as long as you stay in this like demanding the certainty mindset like you're there is no answer right because you're just going to stay right there right i absolutely agree yeah so interesting so interesting. So I think, you know, even though, you know, you have, you're focused a lot on business and money both personally and in your business, I'm just really leaning into my intuition here today. Okay, go on. <laughs> but I really feel that I think that really what your real zone of genius is like, well, you're in it, but also that is even expanding is going to be love and money. Yeah. Period. Like love and money. Like that is going to be the, I think that I feel like that's where you're going to make your most impact. Okay. Well, look at, look at the confirmation. Maybe, <laughs> listen, maybe this podcast recording was really for me not <laughs> like, because I've been like, listen, guys, I'm not sure what's going on, but where do you, you know? Yeah. And no, that's a confirmation. I believe within that love and money 
is also about the soul's journey. Yes. Exactly. And the soul's position with love and money. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So I would, I will a thousand percent get behind that. Yeah. Cause I think you're really good at business. Obviously, you know, you're an amazing entrepreneur and you have a head for business and marketing and you can absolutely, you could do that. I'm sure you could do that in your sleep, but, and that has been great because that's been a, enabling you to like, it's funding you, right? Like it's funding the vision, it's funding the journey. It's allowed you to create a platform. But yeah, I just feel that what's going to really skyrocket you is not business, but money and love. I can totally get behind that. Just as far as, you know, the self, the soul healing and abundance. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Oh my goodness. Look at you all. Look at you. Look at you, Franny. It's you, you, AC. It's you. You're just inspiring me. <laughs> Listen, if this, if that is what I'm doing, then I'm here for it. Cause oh my gosh, yes. that's what I'm here to do. Yeah. So absolutely. Yes, yes. If you had, I, I always ask my guests this question. If you had a megaphone that mm. was loud enough for the whole world to hear, and soon you will, <laughs> and you could send out one message about love, what would that message be? Oh, wow. I would probably send the message that love is everything that you want to bring to it and even more, mm. but you have to be open to receiving it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was beautiful and perfect. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I mean, I know perfection isn't real, doesn't exist, but that was pretty perfect. You're right. Perfection's <laughs> not real. That's what Tony Robbins says. That's I'm going to be quoting that. Perfection's not real, guys, because Tony Robbins says that. It's, yeah. It's so um, it's such a good quote, though, right? It's such a good it's quote. It's a very good quote. That really was like, oh, gosh. The lowest standard. It's like, it's a good reframe for people who really think of like, oh, I'm holding myself to like the highest standard. It's like, no, it's the lowest. It's the actually. lowest standard. Oh, it's, that hurt. Yeah, that one pretty, hurt. I know. Uh, it hit me too. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, damn, stop talking to me, Tony Robbins. <laughs> that hurt. That did hurt. Gosh. <laughs> AC Brown, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts with the world and with me and with my audience no thank you for having me i probably we could probably could have talked for two hours but we easily could we easily could um <laughs> before we say goodbye is there anything in particular that you want to um just tell my audience about that you're working on ways to stay in touch i mean i'm gonna link to your you know your social media and your podcast and your website and everything but just please share what you're working on and how people can stay in touch with you so many things are coming. Just so many things. I can't even wait to like, un, you know, veil and just unravel all of the little things per quarter next year. But just, you know, follow me on Instagram, my YouTube podcast, be get on my mailing list. It's going to be a really great 2021. I feel it. It's I'm ready. It's time kind of thing. So yes. Oh, yeah. So excited. Well, There'll be links in the show notes to everything. 
I appreciate you so much, AC Brown. I'm excited for your 2021, and I'm so happy that you're my friend now. Uh, yes, we, we <laughs> friends, friends, because Franny going to find me a husband, y'all. So just put that out there in the streets, men yes. out there, I preferably six honored. feet or taller, <laughs> caramel <laughs> complexed. I, you know, I'm, I'm not particular, but <laughs> hit up Franny. She's my matchmaker now. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Thank you, AC. Thank you. And there you have it. My conversation with AC. Please, please check the show notes. Check out AC. AC is spelled A-Y-C-E-E Brown. So check out her website. I'm going to link to all of her social media and everything in the show notes. And I really, really do want you to check her out, especially if you're intrigued by human design, because she is so wise and she has so much knowledge about human design and she will teach you a lot just by listening to her podcast and following her on Instagram. So speaking of Instagram, (laughs) I would really love to stay in touch with you. And for all of you who have already followed the podcast at Dear Franny podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm at Dear Franny on Instagram and Twitter and all the places. And I so appreciate those of you who've reached out to say that you're enjoying the show and tell me that you're sharing the show and tagging us on social media. I so appreciate you. Those of you who've taken the time to subscribe, to rate the podcast, to review the podcast, I see you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And if you are enjoying the podcast and you haven't yet done any of those things, I invite you to please subscribe, share it with your friends, rate it, review it. And yeah, just reach out and let me know how you like it and what kind of episodes you want to hear coming up in the future. And, you know, the world is a crazy place place right now. And the more opportunities that we can find joy and to learn about ourselves and to grow and to love ourselves more, I just think that those moments are more important than ever. So in this crazy time, this challenging time of life, just know that I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. I'm sending you love wherever you are in the world. And I thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Take good care of yourself. Stay safe. Wear a mask. And I will talk to you next time. Goodbye.